Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Welcome back to the JT The Brick Show, brought to you by Modelo, a proud sponsor of the Raiders and the official beer of fans with the fighting spirit. It's the JT The Brick Show. 39-yard field goal for Carlson set up on the right hash. Good snap, solid hold. Field goal is up, and that is good. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Crowd into it. Wilson lifts the right leg, gets the ball. They bring the blitz off the edge, and they got to him. Nate Hobbs coming around the left side. Your silver and black home to sound off for over 20 years. Open Adams at the 35. Racing to the 20, 10, touchdown Raiders! And now, here's JT the Brick. Welcome back, everybody. JT with you. Hour number two, Raiders Roundtable is live right now on YouTube. How could it be live? Well, this is when they post it. I did that at 10 in the morning, and they just posted it right now. It was Eddie Pascal along with Lincoln Kennedy, a full breakdown of the Denver Bronco game. We have nothing to report on with Chandler Jones who reportedly put out an Instagram live feed, some post out there and deleted it. Don't know if it's him, not, what he said. We could see he took it down, deleted it. There's nothing new to add. It's an off day for the Raiders. I would assume we'll know everything about Chandler Jones tomorrow morning or later today. No one's speaking today on the off day there, but I understand Raider fans want to talk about that. Jason Horowitz is going to join us at the bottom of the hour and Paul Gutierrez in about five minutes. Chris in West Oakland's first call of the new season. I start it now, Chris. Go ahead. Hey, JT. Yep, I'm glad we're finally done with August, ready for real football. And I'm going to break down the Bronco game really heavy Thursday or Friday, give you more of my prediction. I want to kind of give you a quick synopsis, you know, my overview of the season and what I'm expecting, what I'm predicting on you know, let's start with the defensive side of the ball. We talked about it a little last week when we broke down the roster. I think I think the Raiders up front are, are going to be a beast. With I, I think Wilson, hopefully he's the real deal. Like to see him play. We'll see what he's got. We know what we've got in Max Crosby and all the Chandler Jones stuff going on. Hey, there's worse things sometimes than a guy going into a season with a chip on his shoulder. So if something pissed him off, good. Go out and take that out on Russell Wilson on Sunday. I don't mind seeing that. Hell, the old days of the Raiders, guys would fight with each other left and right, then go out and play on Sunday. Again, the linebacker situation, i that's the question for me, especially our, we talk about this every year. We'll see if Spillane's everything they say he's going to be. Devon Diablo, to me, he's kind of a converted safety. I he, He's got some speed. I just hope he's big enough to laugh, um, you know, play, playing where he does, and, and he's durable enough to start you know, 16, 17 games this year. Physically, he seems like he's got it. He's got some speed, so so we'll go from there. But again, my question, JT, we're going to go to always with the secondary. I like the corners. I like Marcus Peters. Yes, he will gamble, but he's also going to give you seven or eight interceptions in a season. Hell, the Raider cornerbacks haven't had seven or eight interceptions the last five seasons combined. So if Peters can go out and give me a half dozen, I can live with him giving up a big player, too, if he's going to gamble. Again, it comes down to the safeties. Show me you can find the football. I'm not convinced with Epps and, and, and Merrick. They have not shown in their career that they're ball hawks. I don't believe in system either, JT. I don't believe you can teach a guy to find the football. I think that's a God-given trait. Charles Woodson, Eric Allen, Albert Lewis, guys that have played in multiple, multiple systems and multiple teams, they don't lose that innate ability to find the ball. So I'm hoping these guys can figure it out this year because I do believe a big key 
More often than not, the Raiders are going to have to win the turnover battle because I don't think their offense is going to be as explosive necessarily as it has in years past. Flip it over to the offensive side of the ball. I like what I see with the line. I like that they seem to be dialed in with no pre-snap penalties. Okay, we got Josh Jacobs back. He didn't take any hits in training camp. He should be good to go. I don't believe a guy like that, if he stays in shape, needs a lot of training camp. And they are going to have to lean on him a little bit early. But again, I want to see more explosive plays out of the passing game necessarily than Josh Jacobs carrying the ball 30 times a game. Jimmy G, stay healthy and show me you can do it. That's all I got to say. Show me you can throw the ball down the field. I'm not taking shots at you. I'm fully behind you. You're my quarterback. But what I really wanted to get into, JT, a little bit was Ziggler and McDaniels. Um, and, and I'm not going to go where the other caller says if they get off to a slow start. I'm not talking about their job security and that. But what I am going to say is something you said in the monologue, JT. There's no excuses now. McDaniels and Ziegler, Mark Davis has given you everything you wanted. He allowed you to tear down a playoff roster and remake it in your image the way you want to do it. You've got all that. So it's time to put up. It's time for the results. My frustration with the, rate, the way they've done things over the last year or two, JT, and I've taken shots at McDaniels saying he rode Brady's coattails. I'm not doing that. I'm saying that when you don't have a Tom Brady – I heard. I want. I wish they would have made a little bit bigger splash. I wish they would have been willing to give up a fifth rounder last year for Roquan Smith and paid him the money. I don't want to hear so much value for the pick. I want stud difference makers because unless Tom Brady covered a lot of mistakes or a lot of mm-hmm. conservative choices, like I said, I'm not sitting here throwing stones at these guys. I just wish they would have went out and got a couple more studs, not necessarily look for value for the picks that now we have to see how it plays out so that being said there's no excuses you've got the roster you moved on from the quarterback um, you've got the quarterback you wanted I'm a talent guy I believe in teach the more talented player the system I don't believe a less talented player plays better in a system but we're past that Derek Carr's gone McDaniels you got your guy in you had him in New England he knows your system show me that Prove everybody wrong. I want to call you in December, JT, and say, boy, were we sure wrong about these guys. We're wrong. This team's in the heat of it. My prediction for the season is I'm going to start about eight wins right now. I believe this is an improved football team. I just look at a brutal division and a brutal conference. And you look at the Jets, the Bills, the Dolphins, all the brutal teams the Raiders have on their schedule this year. So if everything goes healthy, they stay healthy. There's no catastrophic injuries. Jimmy G stays healthy. I think you're in the eight or nine win range. And then maybe you're, then you put yourself in the position that in December, you can go out and steal a game or two and give yourself a legitimate shot Mm -hmm. at maybe a wild card. I don't think this team's going to win four or five games like ESPN and Vegas is predicting. I can't predict 10 wins yet, but I can predict eight or nine. And if things go great there, I'll let you get, man. I know you got Gutierrez, but I'm going to say eight and nine to start. And we'll talk more on Friday. You appreciate it. Problem is you can't adjust. I got to pick wins and losses before the start of the year. It's nice to say maybe this or that. Uh, excuses die, the record stands, as I often say. Paul Gutierrez is back as one of our insiders, one of the best. We're thrilled to have him every other Tuesday. Paul, the obvious first question on Chandler Jones. Is there any reporting on your end of what was with these Instagram posts that were deleted? Are you hearing anything? Yeah, very, very bizarre. Great great to be with you, JT. But very, very bizarre way to start the season, so to speak. And then I kind of think about it. It's like every two years, something bizarre happens at the beginning of the season, whether it was two years ago with with the John Gruden email situation and the tragedy of, of Henry Ruggs two years before that, Antonio Brown before that Khalil Mack and the trade. And, and with this, it just kind of comes out of nowhere. 
Uh, I've reached out. I, I've tried to talk to as many people as possible, whether in the league or, or uh, with the team, and, and no comment uh, from his agent and no response yet from the Raiders. I just know that a lot of people were taken by surprise uh, by the way it came out because if people want to try and put, you know, connect dots and say, well, he's upset about Tyree Wilson being here, I, I heard the exact opposite when, when Tyree was drafted. The, the Chandler Jones is actually excited about that. And on the record, Chandler has talked about how great a kid he is and he wanted to coach him up and, and pay it forward as one of the quote-unquote OGs in that locker room and in the league. So it's just very surprising, very uh, strange beginning to a season. But then again, um, you know, every two years something weird happens. Yeah. You know, Paul, what's interesting about Chandler, I don't know him well, but being around him in the preseason, it seems like he's the type of guy you want to have him ramp up at the right time. Last year, his legs didn't activate early. I used it, and you go to boxing a lot, you know. It was like a fighter that it took him three or four rounds to get his legs going, and then he was okay on the back end of the year. I think that out of all the players on the roster, he's playing arguably for the most because these guys brought him in here and paid him a lot of money and believe in him from his New England days, and they seem to be friends with him. So I don't know if this is erratic behavior. I don't know if it's him. No one's confirming that he even did that or if it was hacked or they took it down. But let's assume if he was upset about something, I'm just surprised that he would be upset about his guys, Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels, unless something happened in his personal life. Exactly, and, and that's the thing. If you're talking about the personal life, you don't want to always dig up the past, but mm-hmm. you do have to look because if you don't remember the past, then how do you learn from it? You know, He did have a, an, mm-hmm. an episode when he was with the Patriots in, in January of 2016 where he had a bad reaction reportedly to some synthetic marijuana, which was legal in, in New England at the time. So uh, you, know, you wonder if something like that might have happened because of how tight he is with this new regime with, with the Raiders. And I'm not you know, casting any aspersions or trying to – to link anything, but it is something that you have to look at as you're, as you're reporting on, on the, mm. the situation. So it's just, it's unfortunate from the Raider perspective. Um, and, you know, in terms of just trying to get a season started, you know, they, they do report uh, back for practice. We'll be out there tomorrow. So it'll be interesting to see with an open locker room, what, what, what it turns yeah. out and how, what kind of effect, if any, it has in that locker room. Paul Gutierrez is our guest. So, Paul, the strengths of the Raiders from what you saw in the preseason, we didn't see a lot of the starters, but the starters did play in the Rams game, a number of them, and it seems like Denver's had an up-and-down preseason. The injury to Jerry Judy, they lost a couple of receivers, but it looks like, from from what I'm hearing, we have some guests on this side of the week from Denver, is that they got Russell Wilson fit, he lost some weight, and I expect him to try to run the ball a lot and run out of trouble heading into this game. What are some of the keys that you see from what you saw in the preseason as the Raiders match up in Denver? Yeah, you're right. We didn't see a lot of play from the starters, but we did see a philosophy, right? We saw a, a game plan. We saw what they want to do. Offensively, it looked like what we expected with Jimmy Garoppolo. I've, always, I've said this from the day that they signed him as long as he's healthy and upright. He is a bet. He is an upgrade because he is a better fitted quarterback than Derek Carr was because he knows how to run the offense. He knows the system. He can go from there. You still have all the other weapons around him. Boom! You plug and go. Defensively, what I liked and what I saw was a, a, a more of an effort, a concentrated effort in takeaways, strips, interceptions, forcing fumbles, jumping on those fumbles. That was something that, of course, everybody wants to do every year. But you saw. Uh, a concerted effort to try to make that happen in the offseason. Even if it was second stringers and third stringers and guys who are no, no longer in that locker room, that's the philosophy. And when you already have uh, a Max Crosby and you're hoping, I guess from a Raider perspective, a happy and healthy uh, Chandler Jones and Tyree Wilson fitting into that mold, 
that's again the strength of the de- of a bad defense often last year was the pass rush. So if you can upgrade that, that helps the cornerbacks, that helps the secondary, and vice versa. So those are the things that I'm looking forward to, especially defensively, just to see how much more aggressive they can be and how much more successful they can be in the takeaway category. Paul Gutierrez is our guest, man. Josh Jacobs seven and zero against Denver, and the numbers are enormous. I mean, they haven't been able to figure it out, and a lot of fans remember Vic Fangio was the head coach and one of the sharper defensive guys there, and they couldn't figure him out. It's just tough that he didn't have any preseason with the Raiders, not that he was going to play in any preseason games. But, Paul, are you guessing what the workload's going to be? You have an open locker room tomorrow. Josh didn't want to come out of any games last year. What do you expect to see with Josh Jacobs compared to Zamir White in week one? Yeah, I think they're going to have to protect. They're going to have to protect Josh from himself mm-hmm. because knowing Josh and being around him, you know he's going to want to carry the load the same way he did last year. They're going to have to, and, and this is my phrase. They're going to have to ease him in, and I've, I've used that phrase with Josh McDaniels before. He doesn't like that. He doesn't want to say ease anybody in or give them a lighter workload. He wants to say they want to be smart about it, and they're going to do the right workload. So, what that fine line is, that's what they're going to try to walk between. I would expect Josh Jacobs has really been, uh, you know, hitting the ground running as soon as he got in the facility and, and trying to get his, uh, you know, because even if he's in decent shape physically, there's a difference between being in good physical shape and being in football shape. And he hasn't taken any hits yet, uh, nor will he really before that game in Denver. And, and can that be a positive? Might that be a negative? Again, we got to just find out and see what happens on Sunday. But again, I, I do believe they're going to have to kind of protect him from himself because as we saw in that first preseason game, that Hall of Fame game last year when he played, uh, which was a shocker to everybody at that time, uh, he went out there and he played as, as if it was his final game ever playing because that's the only way he knows how to play is full speed. Hey, Paul, you work on a really big platform at ESPN. It doesn't seem like the national platforms are giving the Raiders any respect, or maybe they are. They just don't think they're going to win a lot of games. What is it like for you because you're embedded with the team, you travel, you see the team, and again, I'm not looking, I'll never ask you for wins and losses in your prediction here, but... Do you feel like the Raiders deserve a little bit more credit than they're getting nationally, or are they getting fair criticism until they prove they can win more than six games? I, I think it's fair simply for this reason that I do believe they're improved. As somebody that covers this team and sees them day in and day out, I, I, I do believe the roster is improved, but I also think the rest of the division is improved as well. So, And you're still in the division with the Super Bowl champion Chiefs. You're still in the division with, with the Chargers, who probably have the most talent in the division year in, year out, but they always find a way to charger it up, right? And then the Broncos should be improved as well. So uh, until they can show and until they can prove that they can win on a consistent basis in Kansas City, um, you know, they always seem to split with the Chargers and they, they own the Broncos, so to speak. Then, then their priority six to eight wins is probably a fair enough assessment right here, right now. And if the Raiders want to take that and use that as bulletin board material to say, hey, nobody, it's us against the world, fine. But I, I do believe that it's fair right here and right now from what we've seen um, last year and with the, the upgrades they made to the roster this year. A last one. What are your expectations for Devontae Adams? He's been strong against Denver, especially last year. I've noticed Devontae's really quiet. I don't follow a lot of him on social media. I know his wife and he around town really love this community. But, you know, we're waiting on some Chandler Jones news maybe coming up here. What about Devontae, his leadership, and what we can expect from him this season? It's going to be real interesting there because, as I mentioned, as I asked him during training camp, you know, how weird was it for him? Because essentially, if you look at his, at his body of work and who he's worked with, since high school, he's really only had two quarterbacks. 
you know, because in college it was Derek, and then in Green Bay it was Aaron, then he comes to the Raiders, it's Derek. Now he's got a new quarterback. So how that all factors in both mentally and physically mm-hmm. is going to tell the tale there too. Um, you know, obviously he came here to win. Derek was a big part of that, but it wasn't the only reason he came. So if they get off to a slow start, it's going to be interesting to see what his reaction to things are. Because there were times last year when he was frustrated, obviously, but he still was brilliant. He's his usual brilliant self, and to me, still the best receiver in the NFL. So do those stats continue to go up? Do they level off? Do they go down? It's going to be interesting to see how that all pales off. But what I want to see from him, though, is just exactly, he's still kind of a guy. He did have a career high in yards per catch average last year. Uh, I'm not sure he's going to be able to hit that because Jimmy's not known for throwing the deep ball like Derek was. But he also creates a lot of, of, of yak after, you know, the yards after the catch by himself. Mm-hmm. So, again, depends upon what the tight ends can do, how much Hunter Renfro is opening up things underneath. It's, they have all the weapons around them. Let's just see how Jimmy fits with all those guys now, too. Thank you, Paul. We look forward every other Tuesday to having you on. I'll see you out of practice. Sounds good, JT. Take care. You got it. Paul Gutierrez is one of our insiders. We have another one coming up, the voice of the Raiders at the bottom of the hour, Jason Horowitz, as he starts his second year as the voice of the Silver and Black. So Paul had no reporting at all, and he's you know with Vinny and Vic and – Deshaun and a couple of the other insiders there, they have good access. I have good access. I told you I was in the building today for a couple hours, and you know there was no nothing on Chandler Jones to report on. So let's see if there's something to report on him or is this not, uh, much about nothing where maybe he tweeted something or put something out on Instagram and took it down. We don't know. But that was Paul Gutierrez, and he didn't know. And he's got a lot of great access. So we'll just see what Q has coming up next. At the top of the hour, too. Let's get out to Nash in Houston. Nash, thanks for being patient. Go ahead. Hey, you bet, man. Yeah, uh, you know, to me, the best thing about the Chandler Jones situation is that he took it down. So somebody got in his ear if it was him. And so that's positive. And then we'll just wait to see what the details are. Uh, you know, Denver games are always close. Very excited to see how we do. The first three weeks of the year are going to really tell the tell of the season because you got to play well against Denver. you got to win against Denver. And you really got to beat, beat Pittsburgh. And, you know, you talk about the lack of love the Raiders get, and Pittsburgh seems to be getting all the love. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be a really uh, big game starting out. But when you look at last year, both were very, very close games. And, uh, you know, in the, in the first game, we're only up by, by a couple points until the fourth quarter. And then we took the, second, the other game into overtime. So you know the games are going to be close. It's going to come down to defense, and you know you already hit on it. How's the secondary going to do, and how is how's, how's the linebacker and crews going to be able to do and stop uh, Russell Wilson when he's running or you know running or throwing on the run? So that, that's going to be critical to see how how the Raiders do against uh, on the defensive side of the ball because uh, you know ultimately they got to they to come come and stop those guys. And offensively, honestly, last year Denver did a pretty good job mm-hmm. against us. I mean, one game we were, we were like you know hit about twenty five percent of our of our third down plays, and and the other game you know we had like a defensive touchdown. So all in all, they're going to be close games. Excited to see the start of the season. Excited to see the offense. I think the offense this year is going to be more consistent and better. And I think we got a lot more depth. I think that's that's what you see. I don't know that we got any more star players. We got a lot more depth, and I think Jacoby Myers and 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 Mayer are really going to help the offense with a consistency standpoint. So, looking forward mm-hmm. to the season. Excellent phone call, really in depth phone call. Thanks for checking in. Appreciate that. 
Excellent phone call. Really good first day here. First day of school today, everybody. Everyone's got their new backpack, new pencils or pens, new jeans, new belt. Mom always got me a new belt to start school off. Today's the first day of Raider class today. And we got Jason Horowitz to wrap it up here in about 10 minutes or so. He's going to join us. We are brought to you by Doghouse Saloon inside Resorts World, home of Monday Night Football. I'm not there for every Monday night, but I make appearances there. And uh, we give away great prizes there, incredible food and drink specials, an amazing after party with live entertainment. Monday Night Football at Doghouse Saloon at Resorts World Las Vegas. And download the Resorts World Las Vegas live betting sports app so you can bet inside and outside Resorts World. Welcome back to the JT The Brick Show, brought to you by Grimaldi's Pizzeria, home of the famous New York-style coal-fired brick oven pizza. JT, welcome back. Thanks to Paul Gutierrez is joining us, the voice of the Raiders, Jason Horowitz, on the other side. And we got a lot to get to. A couple of housekeeping items here. First off, I went to Palm Desert this weekend. Uh, my wife was giving me some heat because I went there for a golf trip. And I turned around and came home because it was pouring rain. So I know what happened at Burning Man, what a disaster Burning Man was. By the way, I was never a Burning Man guy, and I've gone to more concerts and festivals than anyone you know. I've never got into Burning Man. I never wanted to go in the mud with my goggles on and listen to that type of music. Not that there's anything wrong with it. I just like different styles of music. And what a fiasco. People are still trying to get out of Burning Man in the mud, the traffic, disaster. I often tell people it never rains out here. It doesn't rain in my neighborhood in Summerlin much. It doesn't. And then when it does rain, it's absolute chaos in Nevada. Absolute chaos when it rains out here. My dad's calling me. Is Vegas underwater? I'm like, no, Dad, I'm doing FaceTime with him. There's not a cloud in the sky. But the news made Burning Man out to be that Raiders, uh, that Vegas was underwater. So Friday morning, uh, we did a like, kind of a best of show here, and I took off to Palm Desert to play golf at the Marriott Desert Springs. Got out there, pitch black, blowing 30 miles an hour. My buddies and I say, let's go. Let's go play. Go out there. I used to play there with Mark Davis. Mark's place is out there at that same resort. And we played nine holes, and it was blowing 35 miles an hour, raining. But that rain that hurts your face when it hits you in the face. So we, we stopped after nine. A buddy of mine had a birthday party, his 50th out there. We had a good night. I woke up in the morning. I looked at my buddies, and I go, I'm gone. They said, no, you're not. We're playing golf today. I said, no, I'm gone. I got back in the car and drove four hours in the rain to get back to Vegas, which was a smart thing to do because it was my 24-year anniversary. I thought that was a good move, not to be gone two days. And my wife and my son came back. My son from college at ASU came back for the weekend to go see Drake. So we had the boys both went to see Drake. So they had a good time there. I golfed uh, yesterday. It had a, the weather was great yesterday. So the weekend overall was good. This weekend's going to be great, but the Raiders are on the road the first couple of weeks, so I feel like something's missing. I feel like I should be at the torch. I feel like I should be at the Black Hole, proud partner of our show, theblackhole.com, their tailgate. We're going to have to wait on that. But I got a bunch of parties to let you know about that. Then all of our new partners that we're welcoming in, I will be welcoming them in personally all week as they come in to the spot here, and we'll tell everybody about that. And I did Raiders Roundtable earlier today. And then tonight I'm going to try something interesting. I'm going to go on YouTube tonight. JT the Brick on YouTube. I'm starting from scratch. I've done 
nighttime radio longer than anyone on radio. I'm doing Sunday nights, maybe one other night during the week on Mad Dog. And, I, and to make up for those hours where I should not be doing anything, I should be resting, I'm going to go on YouTube, JT the Brick on YouTube at 6 o'clock. And I'm going to do about an hour. It's going to be something I've never done before. I might have a guest one night or not. So find me on YouTube. Just subscribe. Please subscribe. I'm going to build something. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to take this show and I'm going to turn it into YouTube. So I'm going to take, you know, I'm going to record about an hour of this show or an interview that I have. And I'm going to put that up on YouTube and we're going to try to build that out. And then my podcast with Tom Looney, which I love doing, JT and Looney. If you listen to that, thank you. We're going to put that up on the YouTube page and we're going to tie it all together. So a lot of people are making that move. I'm not late to the party on it because I got a lot of other really good jobs that are fine with. But my son told me, Dad, he's 22. He's in this business. He says, you got to do some YouTube stuff. So we'll try that tonight. And then hopefully I'll continue to do it. And we'll mix it into our schedule here. And we'll incorporate it into this show at some level here, especially with the gambling. Uh, I don't gamble, but I put gamblers on radio, so we'll be doing a lot of that. So do me a favor. I'm on Instagram, JT the Brick Hits. I'm on Twitter, JT the Brick. Oh, and one last thing, because we have a sponsor for it. I'm going to be starting to read tweets. I'm not a text guy. I love the fact that the other shows do the text line. That's not my thing. I'm going to read tweets at JT the Brick on X, whatever that is now. And we're going to do that. So if you can't get into the show, you don't want to call you can just hit me up on Twitter at JT the Brick. I'll read the tweets, and I think we'll make a nice portion of the show about that too. We're always trying to evolve. Never put our feet up here. Uh, Jason Horowitz joining us after Raider Dave in Denver. Man, Dave, you're more valuable this week than ever, and you're always valuable. What's the vibe up in Denver? Hey, I'll tell you what. I'm like you. I'm like mine. I get married on Labor Day weekend. I've been out of town. <laughs> Today's my 31st, so congratulations to you and your family. And, uh, you know, hey, it's the best weekend in the world to go ahead and get married. You know, everybody's mother and both sides of this ball know that Josh Jacobs is going to be the focus in the first half of this game. But my point is, even though the, uh, the defense, which now, instead of having four starters and seven new players, it's completely flipped. It's seven returning players and four new starters. So that should be really good. I don't expect a much of a, a big scoring first half. But I think the real deal is going to be not only with Hooper starting and blocking in the first half, but the changes that McDaniels is going to make and get Myers involved in the tight end after he figures out the coverages that are run that they're going to show the Raiders. And I think the second half adjustment is really going to be huge because you put Devontae up against Sertain. If they go zero for zero all day, at least it takes away that side of the field or that you know, that weapon, and we don't have to worry about Sertain jumping passes anywhere else. I do not think they have the defense to go ahead and completely blanket and cover the other receivers that the Raiders have, but I do see this as an opportunity. If Jacobs can go ahead and, and, and work off like he did against Seattle, and maybe he goes only 17 for, you know, buck 20, this game is won. But if it's more like 17 or 20 um, uh, runs and it's 3.4 to 4.3 per carry, then, you know, the other running back's going to get a couple of the carries mm -hmm. and the changes will go ahead and go to, to more of a pass game. I really think this tight end could break this thing open in the second half. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Thanks for checking in. I would agree with a lot of what you said there. I don't – Denver is good enough. And I want to make this clear about Denver because you've got to respect the opponent. Denver is good enough, in my opinion, to come out there and, and stop the Raiders in the passing game. They are. 
Denver's got a really good secondary. They do a nice job. So if the Raiders want to take chances deep downfield, Denver's got the ball hawks, unlike the Raiders, and the Raiders might be developing better ball hawks now, that could go after the ball. These guys, Patrick Sertan, can go after the ball. Simmons can go after the ball. They got guys who can go after the ball and make plays. But I I truly believe that the strength of the Raiders is going to be the running game and the short passing game here. If the short passing game works with Jacoby and Hunter and they're able to move the chains that way and they can move them, then everything's going to be fine. I don't care how the Raiders get first downs in this game. There's a very important point that I wanted to make clear today. I don't care what they do on third and four. What they do on third and four to me, if they want to run it for a first down, I'm good with it. If they want to pass short for a first down, if they want to go over the top to Devontae, I'm fine with that. Whatever they want to do on third down, just stay on the bleeping field. Stay on the field and move the chains. You know, Garoppolo doesn't run like Russell Wilson. So I don't think you're going to see Jimmy G on third and four sprint to his left and run for a first down. He doesn't do that. And we don't want to see him get hurt. But a five-yard in route to Hunter Renfro seems pretty practical to me. A six-yard out route to Jacoby Myers seems pretty easy to me, unless he's under duress. I really see Jimmy G, Devontae over the top. I believe Denver's going to be waiting for that now. I think that Denver and Sean Payton and their team's going to say, we want a high safety. And Devontae last year ran away from the high safety. Remember that? Devontae scored the game-winning touchdown. They had a safety on him, and he ran away from him. I don't think Sean Payton's going to allow that again. I think what Sean Payton's going to do is Sean Payton's going to say, take Devontae out of the game. Let's double-team him. Let's hold him to five or six receptions. Then you're going to have single coverage, single coverage on the rest of the Raiders, including Michael Mayer. No one's called in today on Michael Mayer at all. Nobody. Well, I think everybody thinks it's going to take time like Tyree Wilson for him to get going. The first two picks for the Raiders in the NFL draft were number seven overall Tyree Wilson and the fourth pick in the second round as they traded up for Michael Mayer. Okay, these guys got to go. Byron Young, taken with the seventh pick of the third round, got to play in this game and make a tackle or two. Trey Tucker. Third round, 37th pick, wide receiver out of Cincinnati. He's the guy that's got to stretch the field. How about this for a player? Fourth round, second pick, Jacorian Bennett. He's going to play cornerback, might start. You don't think they're going to throw at Jacorian Bennett all day? Russell Wilson is. Aiden O'Connell will not play in this game. Then you got Christopher Smith, the safety out of Georgia, and Amari Bernie, the outside linebacker out of Florida, and Nestor Jade Silvera, who I'd like to see get in the rotation. All those guys that I mentioned in the draft, all of them, all of them made the team. All of them made the team. They're all there. Can't say that about Alex Leatherwood. Remember that? Couldn't say that about some of the other players that were drafted, and they were drafted for the right reasons. They just didn't pan out. Damon Arnett, Lynn Bowden. You go down the list of guys that they got rid of. These draft picks are all fresh, fresh and ready to go. Can they have an impact game in Denver? I hope they can. I I hope they can. But someone's going to have to make a play here, and I think it's going to be Ja'Korian Bennett or hopefully Michael Mayer. I keep saying this. Close your eyes unless you're driving. First first down on the Denver 12-yard line. Jimmy G in the shotgun. 
Josh Jacobs off to his right. Could get an inside draw. To the left, far side is Devontae Adams. In the slot, Jacoby Myers. At the right tight end position is Michael Mayer. In the other slot is Hunter Renfro. And out wide is Trey Tucker. How's that sound? That sounds pretty good, doesn't it? With Colton Miller at left tackle. With all everything I mentioned here, if the Raiders go four wide with Josh Jacobs single set back, you got five players who can touch the ball on that play and a guy in Jimmy Garoppolo who's going to do his best to throw it to the guy who's wide open. Wide open. Not force the ball. So are they going to leave Michael Mayer in to block? Maybe. Maybe they want to get Jimmy more protection. Are they going to run a sweep, you know, a jet sweep to Trey Tucker? Maybe. But what about just the basics that I like? What about first down at the 12 or first and goal at the 9 with both Jacoby Myers and Hunter Renfro both in the opposite slots of each other? I like that a lot. I think those two guys can run crossing patterns over the middle of the field. One of them won't get picked up. I think that Devontae will bring a safety over the top almost all the time. And then all of a sudden, Michael Mayer, did you see him at Notre Dame when he pretended to block and then got off the ball and ran towards the goal, ran towards the end zone, how wide open he was with his leverage? This is what I'm expecting to happen. If all this can happen, then the Raiders are going to be really difficult to defend. Very difficult to defend. Now, if one guy gets hurt, one guy's out for two weeks, another guy can't go, then it's different. Then you got to start going to the subs. You got to start looking at some of the other players along the way. And then the defensive side of the ball, Max isn't going to come off the field much, depending on what's going on with Chandler Jones, who I'm going to be optimistic about. Tyree Wilson's probably not going to play every snap. Byron Young is going to be in some type of rotation on defense. Jacorian Bennett's probably not going to come off the field much unless they're picking on him and he's having a bad game. But what about Marcus Epps? What about Nate Hobbs? What are your expectations for those guys? And Trayvon Merrick, haven't gotten a call on him, but this is just our first show of the season today. All of this stuff is going to mature over the coming weeks. Man, they're healthy. They look pretty good in the preseason. Team's pretty excitable. I sat down with the coach. And the GM and the president of the organization the other night, private event, everybody's sitting there in a great mood. Then today you wake up and you go, what's going on with Chandler Jones? We don't know what's going on with Chandler Jones. It's an off day today. He took down some Instagram posts. Didn't seem like he was very happy or confused or was tweeting about something that didn't make a lot of sense to a lot of people. But we don't want to get that to get in the way of what's going to happen with this game coming up. This game coming up is an opportunity for the Raiders to start off 1-0. Remember, Buffalo's playing on Monday night football. Short travel for them. They're playing on Monday night. Uh, the breaking news today is Travis Kelsey hyperextended his knee ahead of the game on Thursday night because they host Thursday night. A hyperextended knee at practice earlier today making his availability for Thursday's night season opener against Detroit uncertain. Quote, Andy Reid, the next guy steps in and we roll. That's what a coach should say. That's what a coach wants to say at that point in time. You know, Kansas City didn't have a great offseason, too, with Jones holding out and now Kelsey injured here. But Patrick Mahomes is going to find a way to figure this out. Also, Chris Morton said retired today from ESPN. I think that's worth bringing up. 
And the Steelers say they're prepping for Nick Bosa to play on Sunday here if the Niners will have him. There's a guy who is a really twitchy player. That's a term that only came about just a few years ago. He's a guy, he's very twitchy. Well, that's the one guy that I don't predict injuries. But if you ask Nick Bosa to play full 100 miles an hour without any practice, four days before the Steelers, you look at this. When I, when I look at this, what happened with Watt in the end, T.J. Watt agreed to a four-year extension worth $112 million after one practice. One practice. And he was involved in that first game that the Steelers beat Buffalo. So Bosa could come back from that game. And then college football, uh, Colorado is the big story today as Colorado football with prime. Deion Sanders, uh, they're in the top 25. It's amazing. Duke and Colorado enter the top five, and Florida State moves up to number four. And UNLV football won. So if you went to the UNLV football game, and I think more people need to go, wink, wink. It's a nice stadium. It's really nice to sit in the lower bowl. Get your UNLV tickets. Here's your top 10 in college football as of today. Notre Dame at 10, Tennessee 9, Washington at 8, Penn State 7, USC undefeated at 6, but they played no one. Florida State, uh, Florida State at number 4, Alabama at number 3, Michigan at 2, and Georgia at 1. Don't have much baseball to talk about. My Yankees are in the tank. First time you've ever heard me in my life on the radio having nothing to say about the Yankees here, and Otani, and the injury to Otani, a lot of speculation of what's going to happen. For the Dodger fans who listen to this show, Julio Orias arrested on felony domestic violence charges late Sunday. That's the second domestic violence arrest in the past four years. He was arrested after 11 p.m. Pacific time, booked into jail at 1 a.m., according to jail records, released on bond. Urias was arrested on a felony charge of corporal injury on a spouse. The arrest took place in Exhibition Park, south of downtown L.A., the park where Lino Messi and Inter Miami were playing, an MLS game with celebrities in attendance. That's a big story. I don't think the Dodgers can win the World Series without him. I don't think they can. He's that good of a pitcher. He's counted on by the Dodgers. The lineup's great. But losing a pitcher, a number two, number three, that's going to be a tough one for him. 702-365-9200. We rescheduled Jason Horowitz. We're going to have him the following Tuesday coming up here after the game and hopefully the win for the silver and black as we continue on. Uh, we got a lot of good friends here that we are recommending, as we always do that, and we want to make sure that we remind you Modelo. Oh, I love my Modelo. Join me for a live broadcast from Top Golf on Friday, September 22nd, brought to you by Modelo. Enjoy specials on Modelo, a special, plus win prizes and take part in all the Top Golf has to offer. I haven't been there in a while. I'm looking forward to this remote. Noon to 2, Friday, September 22nd, sponsored by Modelo, the official cerveza of the Raiders and our show here. We'll wrap it up on the other side. Last call and your tweets. At JT the Brick. Raider Nation, unite! We get to take on the donkeys first. And a snap. Brumfield looking. He's scrambling. He's going to keep it. He's at the 15, 10, 5. He is in for a touchdown. Duh!
Doug Brumfield as time runs out in the first half. How do you like them apples? Welcome back to the JT The Brick Show, brought to you by the Botanist Gin, the number one fastest growing brand. Step up your cocktail game with the Botanist Gin. For Doug, with that nice run there for UNLV, nice to see a running quarterback run to end the half and get a touchdown. JT, back with you. There's a new way to get to the game. This is a Golden Knight game or a Raider game, M-Ride. M-Ride is the luxury concierge shuttle service. It's the same bus the players use, so you can ride like a pro. M-Ride will take you round trip from Circa or the Palms to every Raiders or Golden Knights home game. No more hassle parking, sitting in traffic, or waiting in a long taxi or a rideshare line. M-Ride. M-Ride it. And you'll get there and you'll get out quickly. I can tell you that. Reserve your ride at mridelv.com. That's mridelv.com. Use the promo code BRICK. That's mridelv.com, promo code BRICK, and ride like the pro. So day one here feels good. Danny was in for Bobby today. Appreciate that. Q's back uh, back east, I believe. So he had his show, his debut on the ESPN new lineup. Congratulations to him. He'll have a big show lined up for all that. Tomorrow, Matt Millen will join us. So tomorrow I kick off another year with the M Resort Spa and Casino. Every Wednesday we'll have an alumni on. I thought it was smart to get Matt week one because he did all the preseason games. So Matt who I traveled with, was on the road with, a lot of meetings with. I think that'll be a good one. Trying to figure out who we're going to get for Buffalo. You know, Phil Villapiano, I could say, for Buffalo or Pittsburgh. Tim Brown, Marcus Allen, Charles Woodson, all confirmed this year on our once a Raider, always a Raider. That will be on Wednesday. Also earlier today, we did Raiders Roundtable. That is up there. And I thought that was good today. Lincoln Kennedy, Eddie Pascal, and I, we broke down the Denver game and got into it. And most of the numbers here, I was aware of all the numbers, but they really jump out at you the last six games against the Broncos. Here's the last six games. Raiders 6-0, and averaging 29 points per game to the Broncos 19.8. In the last six games, the Raiders have averaged 146 yards rushing. Averaged 146, 251 passing, and seven turnovers to Denver's 10. Josh Jacobs, his career against Denver, seven games. He missed one game in 2019, so he's 7-0. His numbers are astounding here, nine total touchdowns. Max Crosby's got some big numbers there also. So as we were taking a look at some of the numbers here in the matchup, you got to like the way the Raiders have been. Also, we talked about Christian Wilkerson on Raiders' roundtable. He makes it as that final Receiver. I didn't know this. He played all three uh, preseason games. He had 17 receptions. That led the entire NFL. He had more receptions than anyone in the entire NFL in the preseason, 17. That's why he made the team. He made the team because he balled out in the preseason, which was really cool to see. So I'm looking forward to seeing what he's going to be able to do. He's not a guy that I expect to do a lot of radio about unless he jumps in. Keelan Cole was added to the practice squad. He had a big play last year for the Silver and Black. And the schedule coming up here for the NFL in week one, I think is enticing. Now that Travis Kelsey is going to be a game-time decision, I believe, they're going to clarify that more tomorrow. But let me make sure I get this right. Ian Rappaport is reporting on Travis Kelsey. This is for gambling purposes. That's right. If you're a gambler, 
All of this is for gambling purposes because the line is moving. So here it is. Ian Rappaport, Travis Kelsey's status is in doubt for Thursday night opener because of his knee injury. But sources tell me, and Tom Pelissero, it's not believed to be a long-term injury. They'll wait for the swelling to go down and go from there. So you got to assume that Kelsey will not play on Thursday. It'd be shocking if they didn't risk him. So Detroit's got a chance. I mean, Detroit's got a chance to go in there and win that game. Jared Goff's good. I think they can run the ball. Their defense is good. Sunday, you know, the marquee game's on Sunday. I mean, Jacksonville at Indy isn't a marquee game. Tampa Bay at Minnesota. Cincinnati at Cleveland's a very interesting game. Cleveland's the big choice for me this year. Do I put Cleveland in the playoffs? I like Cleveland's roster a lot. But I think with Jacksonville and Cincinnati there, I'm going to leave them out. Tennessee is at New Orleans. That'll be Derek Carr's first game, a home game. I think New Orleans is going to win some games this year with Derek. Their schedule's easier, and they play in an easy division. Uh, 49ers are at Pittsburgh. I thought the 49ers had a really rough, really rough preseason. There's a lot of drama with the Niners. A lot of drama with the Niners on the trade of Trey Lance. And Pittsburgh, they're tough at home. Niners are the better team. Arizona at Washington. That's a good opportunity for Washington to start off 1-0. Houston at Baltimore, same thing. Would have been nice if Houston opened up in Las Vegas. They open up at Baltimore. Baltimore is a 10-point favorite. Green Bay at Chicago. That game interests me. That game interests me a lot because I think Green Bay with Jordan Love going up against Justin Fields, two mobile quarterbacks. Philadelphia at New England. Mm. I don't think Philadelphia is going to win the division. I'm going with Dallas, but I got Philly in as a wild card team. I have New England missing the playoffs again. Miami is at the Chargers. Ooh, ooh. Danny, who do you like in that game? Because this is my problem this year with the Chargers. I like the Chargers roster and they're healthy, and they don't have many excuses too, but if Miami can go into L.A. and beat the Chargers, get the Chargers to 0-1. I think that would be huge. Yeah, so do I. Yeah, I'd like to see Miami win that game. Rams are at Seattle. I like Seattle there. And Dallas at the Giants. I pulled for the Giants, but I think Dallas is the much better team. And then Monday night, Buffalo at New York. We mentioned that because the Raiders playing Buffalo next week and catch Buffalo on a short week. Thanks again to Danny, Paul Gutierrez, and our good friend Jeff Sherman over at the Westgate. Thanks to all of our partners. I'll welcome three new partners tomorrow that I'm thrilled to welcome into the show. I thank them very much because... Without our partners, we don't have a show. Q's on deck. Have a great show with Q. I will see you back here tomorrow. Check out Raiders Roundtable on YouTube. Oh, and I'll be on YouTube tonight. JT the Brick at 6 p.m. sharp. Try to tune in if you're around for that.